Would you please remain standing and join me in reciting the Shema, which our Lord Jesus would have recited every day of his life. Shema Israel. Adonai Eloheinu. Adonai Ahad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Please remain standing for our scripture this morning, which comes from Matthew chapter 25, where we find Jesus addressing his disciples. When the Son of Man comes in glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison or go to visit you? And the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me. You who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison? And did not help you. And he will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Christ the King Sunday this morning celebrates the full authority of Jesus Christ as King and Lord of all the universe. Officially, it is named the Feast of our Lord Jesus Christ the King, and it is celebrated today on the final Sunday of Ordinary Time, the Sunday before we begin the Advent season. This Sunday in the liturgical year is the end of Ordinary Time and before the preparation of the coming of Christ as a child, as a baby, And I find it interesting the way we end the year in this sense and begin for the preparation of Christ as a child is to remind us that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. We recognize him as king, as the only one sitting on the throne. And we see in this passage this situation where here is Jesus as leader of the disciples, as king of the Jews before he leaves reminding the disciples one last time. Throughout the Gospels, we see this question where we are asked, who is this Jesus? 
Who is this character uh, that calls these people to himself? Who is this word made flesh? Who is this God incarnate? And then we see in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 25 this morning, before he leaves his disciples, he says to them once again, I am the Christ. I am the King. I am the Messiah. I am the one you have been waiting for. And he reminds them of this in pretty ornate language. He says, I am the one that sits on the throne. I am the one who will gather all nations to myself. I am the one who will judge, which in that day meant a lot because the king was the only judge. The king was the only person who sat on the throne. The king was the one who would decide these things. In our context this morning, the disciples have been with Jesus on the temple mount, and he has been rebuking the religious elite of the day, and then they walk back to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples are following up with Jesus on questions, as they often do, where they say, Jesus, what did you really mean by this? And they dig a little deeper, and because of the scriptures, we're able to listen in on these conversations between Jesus and just his 12, and here this morning, we have Jesus reminding them of who he is. I am Lord of all. I am the one and only one who sits on the throne. I am the king. I am the Messiah. Throughout the scriptures, there are question after question after question of who Jesus is. And Jesus even asks it back to his disciples. Some say you are Elijah. Some say you are John the Baptist. Who are you? Who do you say that I am? He asked them back. We all know Peter runs to the front of the class as he often does, the oldest disciple, the one to speak first. And he says, you are the Christ, son of the king, the risen one. You have come, you are the Messiah. This is the whole question around the life of Jesus. And we see this morning as they go from the temple mount and walk to the Mount of Olives, this is before, in the account of Matthew, this is before Jesus is led off to be crucified. And what does he leave his disciples and us with? But a very, very clear statement. I am the one. I am he. I am the Messiah. Their whole lives as Jewish followers of God has been asking the question, when is this coming Messiah? And Jesus is saying, I am he. I find it fascinating as you read through the scriptures and the gospels, Jesus sometimes hides who he is. He's not always broadcasting it, which always surprises me. Think of the times when he heals people and he says, don't go tell anyone. He just restore, he, you know, restore them to community. Go, just go see the priest, show them that you're clean, you'll be reinstated into worship and community. He's not always broadcasting it. Sometimes he's even asking us, like he did with the disciples, who do you say that I am? I find it fascinating in our scripture this morning that he is coming to the disciples and us to remind us who he is. And very clearly he says, I am the one that sits on the throne. I am he. I am Christ the king. I'm the one you've been waiting for. And why does he remind the disciples of this? I think he reminds the disciples of this because he knows they're not going to understand what's about to happen to him. 
For years they've been walking and living together. For years they've been on this journey. And even though Jesus has been preparing for this and telling them of this, they don't understand what is about to happen. There's a great passage in the Gospels where the disciples, his followers say, when are you going to restore the kingdom, the kingdom of David? Meaning, when are you going to restore this military rule and regime? And Jesus says, you've, you've missed it, guys. You missed it. That's not why I've come back. That's not why I'm here. Even up to the very last day, the disciples still need reminding, and we do as well. Who is this Jesus that lives in and amongst us, that leads us into new places, that shows us amazing things, that guides our lives. Who is this God? We see through the letters of Paul where Paul is continuing to discover deeper and deeper who Christ is and what Christ means in his life. And as he gets further on this journey with God, he starts to identify himself deeper and deeper with the things that he has done wrong and right hand in hand with it, with the love and grace of Jesus Christ that covers all. So what does Jesus remind us and the disciples of this morning? I am Lord of all. Because in a few days, things are going to happen to Jesus that they do not understand. The next morning they get up and Jesus is betrayed by one of his own followers one of his inner circle turns on him and turns him over to the religious elite. And all of a sudden, they start to say, what is happening? Most of the disciples don't understand, I think like we do, the life that Jesus lives and how he lives it. If you're anything like me, you want everything to go nice and smooth. You want our leader to come in and say, we won't have any problems We're not going to have any struggles. We won't go through any hardships. I'm in charge. I'm in power. This will be great. Come follow me. And instead, Jesus says to them, come and follow me. And if any of you should come and follow me, you must take up your cross. And they say, great. And then they see what that starts to mean. And they say, oh, my goodness. I think Jesus reminds the disciples this morning of who he is and that he's Lord of all because he's about to be taken away and mocked and beaten and turned into the sight of what they would have called in that day a common criminal. And the disciples will turn to one another and they'll turn inward and they say, did we get it wrong? Was he not the guy? This is not what we anticipated. And Jesus, like he does so many times for us, turns it on his head and says, I am Lord of all the universe. I'm the one who sits on the throne. I will gather all nations to myself. And this is why I can do this. Scripture tells us that he's seated at the right hand of the Father and he empties himself of all of heaven to come in the form of a baby, to live this life of love that he who did not even know sin, became sin for us. And he sacrifices himself in the most painful way possible on the cross. 
And the disciples look upon it and think, we've lost, they killed our own Messiah. And it's not till he is risen and lives with them again, and then I would even say in a post-Pentecost world that they really start to discover what Jesus really meant. Jesus comes this morning to us before the trials and tribulations of his suffering, before the time on the cross, to say, I am king and Lord of all. He, the rabbi of the disciples, the disciples who have followed this Jesus, the person of Jesus, these last three years, as a disciple, their job is to become who the, the rabbi is, and they are about to be lost. And he unites them and unifies them with this message, I am no longer just the man of Christ, I am the lordship of Christ. Follow me. It is this lordship of Jesus that unites us all, that is bigger than anything that will ever divide us. And what does he do with that lordship? He reminds the disciples and us, love the least of these. Feed and clothe the hungry. Clothe the naked. Invite in the stranger. Go visit the person in prison. Care for the sick. All the basic needs that we'll have in life. Jesus says, when you do this for the least of these, you do this for me. The king of all the universe, Lord of all, identifies himself with the lowest in society and reminds us not to rule over others, but to treat one another with love. For God so loved the whole world that he gave his one and only begotten son. But he always adds in this, remember the orphans, remember the widows, care for the least, the last, and the lost. Jesus loves all and makes no qualifiers, but knows we needed that reminder, that reminder that he is Lord and he still sits on that throne and that what he does with that lordship is to love all. There's a funny Sports Center commercial. If you've ever seen it, they have these commercials that say, This is Sports Center. And they do things, different things at their offices in Bristol. And one of them, LeBron James, who's known as King James, comes in, and Scott Van Pelt is sitting in this cubicle, and there's this giant throne of a chair. And on the back, it says, King, and it has like the nice fur of an animal laid over it. It's purple and all this kind of stuff. And he goes into his, his cubicle and there's this tiny little chair. And he goes back and looks at Scott Van Pelt's cubicle and he says, Scott, did you take my chair? And Scott says, no, I don't know what you're talking about, LeBron. And LeBron goes back to his own cubicle and sits in this tiny little chair. And you know, he's 6'8", so his knees are like up by his chin. He says, okay. And I love that image of how obvious it is that that is the king's chair and what it looks like when other people sit in that chair. Jesus is reminding the disciples, there's one throne and I sit upon it and no one else does. Not you, not me, not the rulers of today's world or King Herod or Caesar or whoever will come. Jesus says, I am the only one. And what I want you to do with that throne when you look upon me and it is to remember that I have called you to love. Friends, as we enter a time and a season of transition, 
I think like the disciples this morning, we need reminding that Jesus is king. That Jesus sits on the throne and is Lord of all. A mentor of mine likes to say, I woke up this morning and Jesus was still seated on the throne and it reminds me that everything will be all right. Like the disciples, the lordship of Jesus calls us together to be united and the things that unite us in that love and lordship of God are greater than anything that will ever divide us. The other thing that it reminds us to do is to love the people around us, and as Jesus so often reminds us, especially the least, the last, and the lost. And if I could add one more thing to this passage this morning, is that Jesus calls us and the disciples to be together. A friend of mine reminds me that when his kids are going through transition time and they're doing things they're not used to, they tend to get more anxious. And so he intentionally spends more time around the house because they're doing new things. He says, when they're doing the same old thing, like we're dropping them off for school like they do every morning, they know when they're going to see me again, they run into school, they're fine. But when they're in new places or doing new things, he tries to be around more. And he likens it to a thunderstorm when the kids don't know what's happening and they rush in and jump into the bed. And he points out they, just, they don't just want to be in the bed, they want to be between mom and dad because it's the safest place they know. And they don't know that the house will hold, that the thunder will not burn the house down and the rains will not flood their house. But they haven't had enough experience of this and they need that connection and closeness to be together. As Jesus is leaving the disciples... I think one of the reasons he's reminding them of the lordship of Jesus Christ is it is what unites us and binds us together. But I also think in this time of our own transition, we need to be more connected. I was in a meeting a few weeks ago with the SBR, and one of the things they requested of us is that we over-communicate what's going on. And I realized... In a time of transition, when we're doing new things, we're nervous and we just need more connection because we're not sure of what's coming, but we can be sure of the connection to one another. And I agree, I think we do need to double down on connection. My wife and I will be going to order up this morning for lunch after the 12 o'clock services, the 11 o'clock services afternoon. And I invite you all that don't have lunch plans to join us. If you just want someone to have lunch with, or you just want someone to talk to, or you want to hear specifically what's going on at the church, we'll be in order up in Lincoln Heights and would love to chat with you. I've talked to other folks in the church that have lunch groups that gather together young families once a month, and they just connect and spend time together after church. This past weekend, I was at a friend's birthday party who have young kids, and most of the families there go to our church. It's a wonderful thing when you look around at church and know that we are family. And in this time of transition, like the disciples found in this time of transition of their Lord, I think we need to double down on connection. So I'd invite you all to reach out to one another, to go get lunch, to ask how people are doing, 
to connect with those around you. And if you need, connect with us. We're here, we're open, we're available. We're only a phone call away. I'll be at the door after the service if you need to talk or at lunch at Order Up. But as my mentor reminds us, Jesus is still on the throne. We'll get through this transition time and we'll get through it together. And I'd also remind you that the things that unite us, the Lordship and love of Jesus are greater than anything that would ever divide us. I look forward to this journey and this new season that Christ has us on together. Amen.